she's on the inside. She got the scoop on the ones to watch, on the ones that's hot. No one can do it quite like Caroline. Caroline. No one can do it quite like Caroline. It's time for Caroline. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Hyper Caroline Hobby. I am your host, Caroline Hobby. I know music, I know people, and I know the questions you want to ask. So let's get hyper. Heads up, these are adults having adult conversations, so there could be adult content. You guys, this is a pop-up podcast. I am interviewing the incredible Jesse Alexander, Marcus Hummin, Kyle Jacobs, talking about their event that's happening at Cheekwood Rose Garden this Friday. It starts at 6.30, the show's at 7.30. They are playing their hit songs, which Jesse Alexander wrote The Climb for Miley Cyrus. She wrote uh, I Drive Your Truck for Lee Bryce, which is Song of the Year, just to name a few. Marcus Hummin, God Bless the Broken Road for Rascal Flats. He has written Ready to Run, Cowboy Take Me Away for Dixie Chicks. Uh, Sarah Evans, Born to Fly, wrote that one. And then Kyle Jacobs, he wrote More Than a Memory, which was Garth, which debuted at number one on the country charts. So we're talking to these great people all about what's happening at the Rose Garden this Friday. You need to be there. I'm not going to do breaks in between the interviews. I'm just going to flow one to the next to the next. So you guys, here they are, the hit songwriters themselves, talking all about this event. Songwriters Under the Stars at Cheekwood in Nashville. Go online to cheekwood.com and get your tickets. Here they are. Oh, hey, Jesse Alexander. Hey there. What's up, hot mama? Aw, not much, you know, just writing songs. Hits, because you write them hits. Oh, try to. Trying. You wrote one of my most favorite songs of all time. I feel like you wrote it for me, The Climb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love, uh, that song's been very good to me. Oh, man. Yeah. And you've written some, like, Shelton hits. Yes, ma'am. Drink on it, and mine would be you. Oh my! I love mine would be you. <laughs> oh, I love drink on it too. All of them. They're so good. Thank you. And you, there's you wrote another really big song. I drive your truck. Song of the year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like the uh, song of the year. Oh my gosh! I actually was at your number one party. You were that number one party was the most amazing thing. It Tell was me a little crazy. Bit about that and that well, experience. okay, so we actually wrote. The song title and idea came from an NPR special, which Connie Harrington, my co-writer, was listening to on Memorial Day. And anyway, as a father talking about his son um, who he'd lost in Afghanistan, and we wrote the song about it, and then we were like, if we ever go number one, we have to find that dad, which we did. He's in Massachusetts. His name's Paul Monty. And we are like, we have to fly him to Nashville for the number one party because it couldn't be a number one party without him. Oh, yeah. So we did. We... Um, flew him in and so you got to see him it was the coolest thing I've and ever seen. he spoke and we gave him a plaque and it was just so special because he was talking about how his son would actually drive his brother's truck that song every time oh my gosh still to this day every time i, hear I still it. can't believe i was a part of it to be honest you know it's just did it feel like magic or a miracle in the room yeah it just felt like jared wanted it to be written really um jared the the son you know it just it was so many people's stories though i mean i still get I drive, you know, my wife's truck or I drive my son's truck, my grandpa's truck. I mean, we all kind of have some place, you know, and we've all had grief and dealt with grief in some way or the other. So. And th- what a great yeah. way to 
Oh, that story's amazing. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about the climb? Okay, sure. I'd because love to. I love that. And then we're going to talk about this big okay. event that you're playing okay, okay, okay. on Friday. Um, the climb was a very special song to me because it was my first number one. Ugh. And um, it was just a, a melody. It really started as a melody. I was driving to work, um, just coming down Music Row and didn't answer my phone that morning, didn't have the radio on. And I feel like God gave me, you know, the, the beginning of that melody. And then I wrote with John Mabe, um, who is married to Connie Harrington, who I wrote I Drive Your Truck With. So, so y'all are all connected, Yes, so, so many so many connections. But um, I really feel like me and Mabe wrote that song because we were underdogs for so long. I'd been writing songs for 10 years, you know, here in, on Music Row. And Do you ever feel like, am I ever going to get my break? Oh, what am I doing? Yes. You know you're talented, but you're like, what, how long do I have to wait? Totally. And... I, it was almost like therapy. I was writing those lyrics to myself, you know, uh, and it was. You're telling yourself. I was telling myself. <laughs> it it's going to be a, exactly. And I remember thinking, you know, there were so many people that were just going and getting awards so quickly. They'd just come to town, and like, I remember heck, thinking, man? what's wrong with me? Like, why? And then I remember thinking, but why would I want it all at you know, one time? Like, uh, it's really about the long term and the longevity of my career. So, but me and Mae both were frustrated, you know, at that time. And so it was, it was very special. It poured out. And then to get the call that Miley Cyrus and wants to cut it. And for her Disney movie too, yes, right? Yes, exactly. And the Hannah Montana Hannah Montana, movie. the movie. And Not just her TV show. This is like the blockbuster when she is the queen of the world. Correct. And the director actually, who I'd met, you know, he was like, if you'll rewrite some of these words, you know, make it for a 15-year-old. I'm going to rewrite the movie around the song. And I just, you know, when you've been, <laughs> when you've had your butt kick, butt kick for 10 years around town, you think, yeah, right. You're cute. That's funny. You're not from around here. You don't realize that doesn't work that way. There's some other songs going to come beat me, you know, beat my song out, but it didn't, it was just a miracle. It was like at every turn, everything they said it would do, did it. And more, you know, I ran into Miley, um, that BMI awards and she was like, we're about to send it to five formats. And I remember thinking, yeah, right. You know, like, and like pop country, Christian, Christian. country, um, so AC. Did you have a number one on more than one format for 15 weeks? <gasps> Whoa. It wait, was crazy. Wait, you had a number yeah. one on how many formats for 15 weeks? The AC chart. It was for, it was 15 weeks at number one. And we almost won the like longest running, but Taylor Swift came in for, for one week and then went out, and we had our 16th week, but it wasn't consecutive. Oh, Taylor. I know, Gosh, man. Taylor, you already why'd you go to mess up the screen? I know, but it was. Wow. I just, you know, I was having my first child during that era, and, I mean, like, being pregnant, and, you know, I'm actually in the Hannah Montana movie, and she's pregnant in my belly, you know, so I always <laughs> have that. Or, like, you know, oh, being, man. I was literally in the hospital when Miley sang it for the inauguration of Obama. I so mean, like, I, I'm about to like have waterworks. I didn't know all. She's yeah. saying it at the no, inauguration yes. for Obama. Inaugurational ball. So yes. here you are. You're I'm like, like delivering my first child. But you're like so head beating up against the wall for ten years. Yes. Waiting for your break. You're yes. like, God, are you ever gonna do this? And totally. then, is that not the message that we always hear that you will not to be like all like godly, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. you will be like rewarded tenfold totally. if you have the patience to wait. Exactly. And it was just... But it's so hard to believe sometimes. Someone told me, you know, when my mentor said, it was like you'd been swinging at the ball for so long that when you're, when the bat hit the ball, your arm was so good. You just hit oh. it with all your might. And that's kind of how it felt. It was so out of the park. And, um, and 
in some ways it was very odd around town because it was a pop song. So, you know, here I was writing country songs all these years and to have my first hit be in pop was very weird. And it kind of took me a minute to get my feet back on the ground after that because it did. Um, Cause where do you go? I, after I felt you have like that misguided song. for a minute. Like, am I supposed to, was I supposed to be writing <laughs> pop songs? Am I supposed to, you know, and then realizing, you know, my roots are here and that's when drink on it and mine would be you and truck came was just, that's me just getting back to, you know, writing songs in the so country format. I actually have a question about okay. getting back to yourself and your roots. Mm -hmm. I have been in this industry now for like 14 years and I've done a, a myriad of things and it's taken me a while to mm -hmm. figure out when I know I'm on the right path. How do you know when you're on the right path? Because I feel like so many people are like, well, I'm kind of good at this, and I'm kind of good at this, mm -hmm. and I like this, and I could do that. How do you know when, like, this is home, this is it? Oh, that's a, such a great question and a hard answer. I know for me, I try not to think about the outcome. I just try to stay in the doing of it. And, like, if it feels good and it's exciting and you want to go to work, then you're probably doing the right thing. But that's kind of how my philosophy have you, have you gotten to that philosophy by trying other philosophies? Uh, yeah, like I used to chase things. I used to I used to look at people that were writing with certain artists that I was like, why am I not writing with right. that person? I just, you know, I wrote this song and it's just like what they say they're looking for or whatever. Yeah. What I realized when I did that, when I chased things, I end up, once I got them, because I usually did, I'm a determined enough <laughs> person, persistent enough, <laughs> that once I finally got in that room with that person or did whatever, I was, I was like, this isn't, Really, it's not a part. Magic for it you. wasn't supposed to happen. It wasn't I a match. forced that to happen. Yeah. So I really believe that if you can just stay in the process of the doing and find joy in your work, um, then God will, you know, it, you'll, you'll the the way will be you know shown to you. And, I totally agree with that. But um, it it's is so hard. Easy I mean, to I'm chase though. I mean, especially oh, when you first get here. And totally. You, and that the comparison game, looking oh. around, comparison game is is a thief of joy. It is. It is truly the thief of joy because it's never what you think it is anyway. I know. Once you get over there and you realize that this is a party I don't even really want to be invited to. <laughs> yeah. That's what I always think. I've been knocking at the door all this time. But, but I didn't actually even really want in. I've done the, I used to do the comparison game um, early in my career, especially when I was an artist. But I think that for me, once I really, you know, realized like there is nobody that is doing what I'm doing and there's, there's no way I can do what they're doing. I don't have those tools. I don't have those gifts. I mean, I only have my gifts and yeah. my little tool belt that I work with. And so I try to sharpen those tools and those skills and to be the best that I can be. Sounds so that cheesy. Takes, I'm no, feeling Hallmark right now. I think that right takes now. wisdom, though. I think that takes some learning, maybe, you know, because... Yeah. I feel like that is when you reach that place, that is when you step into your greatness, like into your true yes. talent, into your gift, because you're not trying to be anyone else. You just are like, okay, I've identified what I'm here for and what my talents are. Exactly. Is that freeing? For me, it is. Did yeah. Did you have a moment when it happened for you and you're like, okay, oh. this is what I need to do? Mm. Maybe just the songs that I've had recorded are always songs where I'm reaching down deep within myself. Um, so that doesn't mean that my other songs that aren't, you know, as deep, I, I want them to, to succeed too, but I know I could, I could literally tell you for every song I've had out, there's a real specific emotion or something I went through as a per, like for me, if I'm not writing from a soulful place or living soulfully, 
then it's kind of shallow water and it's not going to, I'm not going to get everything that I, you know, the abundance that yes. I want. Yes. Did you grow into this thinking or have you always just been like amazing? No. Because <laughs> you are pretty much amazing at everyone. No, 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 no. I just, I was a social work major in college. Okay. So I had a lot of psychology classes probably has something to do with it. I'm an only child. So I was always thinker feeler you know mm -hmm. but um I've of course had to learn everything the hard way like everybody else yeah yeah but. how has motherhood changed you in your songwriting well efficiency now <laughs> is like key you know I it, it's, it's changed a lot of things like I used to be able to go have drinks with girlfriends and get song ideas because of their heartbreaks or uh -huh. relationships I don't have time to do that I literally wake up and you know packing lunches or I'm you know, taking kids somewhere and then I'm coming straight to work and then I, you know, I'm gonna leave you right now and go straight back into it. So I just don't have the time to find inspiration. Although having kids obviously is a huge inspiration. Mm -hmm. um, it makes me work more efficient, more productively. Um, I can say no way easier than I used to to things yeah. because I just don't have time. I heard someone yeah. say, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I kind of, tend to be more focused I would say as a mom and I mean they're just so they enrich your life so much mm -hmm. um and you're also exhausted so it's just <laughs> it's like everything you know yeah it's a lot to it's a roller coaster coaster ride I'll put it that way well yeah. okay there's so much to talk to you about okay. but let's just get to this event because this is the exciting thing that's happening on Friday yes. and everyone in Nashville needs to come mm -hmm. it's at the Cheekwood Rose Garden, and it's called, it has an amazing name, it's called Songwriters Under the Stars at Cheekwood. Yes. And so it's you, Kyle Jacobs, who wrote More Than a Memory for Garth Brooks. He's on. He's married to Kelly Pickler on the I Love Kelly Pickler show. Yes. Marcus Humman, who wrote God Bless the Broken Road, Born to Fly. Oh my for, gosh, yes. He's uh, so good. Uh, also, They're both so good. Also, he wrote uh, My Favorite Cowboy Take Me Away for Dixie Chicks. So many. Ooh. So y'all three are playing. Talk to me about what we can look forward to. Okay, so absolutely gorgeous place. I mean, if you've not been to Cheekwood, you really need to go. Um, and it's so pretty because, you know, you're like on the lawn, you can bring cheese and wine and just hang out with your friends. And then you get to watch three songwriters in the round, bluebird style, Love that. which means we're in the round, we play songs, we tell stories, and then you have the most beautiful symphony playing behind us. So instead of, symphony instead of just you? our guitars, like, Typically, the Stop. way we do songwriter rounds, we'll have a, I don't know, 15-plus piece orchestra, and it's gorgeous. So you'll get to hear a song like The Climb with full strings. Or what's really fun is to hear, like, Ready to Run by the Dixie Chicks, but with a symphony. It's really cool. Oh. Yeah. I think. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it's You're Under the Stars. It's beautiful. It's Cheekwood. That's amazing. Yeah. So everyone can go to cheekwood.com or just look up Cheekwood Rose Garden. I don't know the exact thing. And buy tickets and go Friday. And I get to MC y'all's event, so I'm so excited awesome. that I get to hear this. What a treat. It's really cool. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah. Jesse, you are amazing. Aww. Absolutely amazing. This You're is sweet. just tiny, like just a <laughs> we tiny can do scratch it again. of the service. We'll do it again. I need to have you on the real podcast. Let's do, do a it. sit down. Yes. <sighs> okay. Deal. I'm locking you in. Okay. Done. Jesse Alexander and all of her greatness. Come see her Friday at Cheekwood Rose Garden. Word. Peace out. Hey, Kyle Jacobs. What's up, Caroline? What you doing? Oh, you know. You know me. Just doing what I do. Doing what you do. Getting ready for the big event this Friday. I know. We're really excited about it. It is 
like the coolest thing. It's so it's at Cheekwood, which and, is the Rose uh, Garden, which is Rose Garden. Yeah. And um, the crazy thing about this is that this actually was a place where Kelly and I almost got married. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. We almost got married in this backyard of Cheekwood, which is just, you know, such a beautiful place. And it's just everything about Cheekwood is just awesome. Cheekwood is, it's like, um, it's like a little paradise cove. It is, it is. I know, and it's right in Nashville, which is crazy. So, it's, um, it's, it's so beautiful, and it's, it's really awesome, and we're just really excited. I know it's, it's going to be me and um, Jesse Alexander and Marcus Hummon, who are also and amazing, and on this interview with you, this little pop-up interview, we talk, they talk yeah. about it too. Yeah, they are they are super cool and uh, obviously have written some amazing, incredible songs and uh, they're phenomenal performers as well. And uh, but it's just going to be cool because we actually as songwriters, we get to it's cool for us because we get to share the stories behind the songs, but also sing with an orchestra behind us. I mean, that's now crazy. That is the part to me that is just jaw on the floor. That is uh, amazing. Is it it's such a spectacular thing to witness your songs that you've written like okay kyle wrote more than a memory which was the only song to ever debut at number one garth brooks recorded it it debuted at number one so hopefully i mean who knows if you'll play that i guess we'll just have to wait and see what you play but (laughs) but to hear songs that you've written to be performed in this way is it just incredible i can't even explain it um I've, i've done it before with them and um I literally teared up as I'm just sitting, you know, either playing the guitar or playing piano. And you feel just this thunder of this amazing orchestra behind you on something that you've created. And um, which in, in a in a tiny little room in Nashville on Music Row. Yeah. And, and to see and your this, songs get all sorts like a life that they have already had lives and, you know, you love them. But to see them have a life in this way with an orchestra. Yeah, it's like this new life in a really cool, cool way. It's like, it's like going to the Bluebird on steroids. <laughs> yeah, yes, because it's songwriter, but with a symphony. Yes, it's really, really, really awesome. So I'm super excited. It's going to be fun, and um, I know uh, Jesse's going to bring it. Marcus is going to bring it. I'm going to do the best I can. We oh, might you're going to bring it. We might have a special guest come up. I'm not. I'm not quite sure, but. Okay. Um, <laughs> just a little teaser <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a wonderful night to me this is just another you know like living in nashville and hearing country music and you know everything's country music in nashville but this to me is just such an amazing opportunity to get outside of the country music format you're still country music but just to expand and to see how much you can do with a song and how powerful music is and how many different ways you can take it. Like, I think this is so special and such an amazing event. And people, you got to buy your tickets because they are almost sold out. <laughs> but do you yeah, feel that tickets way? Are, tickets are going fast. But yes, you, I, you said that so well because, um, you know, I think it's just testimony to a well-written song. Um the song can be performed in so many different ways if it's really well written. Yes. And um, this is going to be that. This is going to be what that is. This is going to be a very different, you know, version of each of these songs that have been huge hits. And um, it's just going to be the songwriter singing them, not the artist, 
It's going to be the songwriter singing them with a symphony behind them. And that's just, that is just so cool. Oh. And uh, I mean, that's like, like I said, this is like every songwriter's dream. I mean, it is. we, we always, you know, we love our songs because our songs are our babies. And um, so to have someone supporting them, um, you know, like with an orchestra and, and just to hear a different version of the song and for people to come out and just really hear the, the true story behind the song. Why I love written, that. Where it yes. Came from. The true yeah. story behind the song, because yeah. when we hear them on the radio, the artists take them and they give them their own story, which is amazing. But it's so cool to see that there actually was another life and another origin of how the song was created. And here's the songwriter who wrote it explaining how it was birthed. That's yes. it's almost I mean, it's almost like a magical spiritual moment just to get to experience this. And Marcus was saying, too, that y'all don't even practice with the orchestra. Like, you kind of know what's going on. <laughs> they hear you record, like, a, a tape. You're, they get, like, your music. They know the songs. And then you yeah. guys just, it's just, it's all coming together on the stage live, which to me is incredible. <laughs> well, Marcus is an amazing musician, and so is Jesse. I do the best I can. You are amazing. Well, well, thank you. But um, uh, it's just, you know, you have you have the, you know, the pros behind you. And, you know, as songwriters, we can't, you know, all we I mean, it's a little bit of pressure, but we just got to step up and just do our thing. I'm so excited. OK, well, you guys, this Friday, the doors open at 630. The show starts at 730. It's Jesse Alexander. As she's on this interview, but she wrote The Climb. She wrote um, a couple amazing Blake Shelton songs. And then Song I of the Year, I Drive Your Truck, which uh, yep. Kyle Jacobs produced. Well, so I was, I was let's talk about uh, Full Circle. How cool is that to be with Jesse on the same stage for Song of the Year that you produced, Song of the Year, I Drive Your Truck, and she wrote it. I mean, if that's not going to be a moment, <laughs> I don't know what is. Well, Jess, Jesse's one of the best ever. Um, she's just an incredible songwriter. Um, she's incredibly beautiful. She's an incredible singer. She's just, she's got the whole package. She's just, she is just a wonderful, wonderful, beautiful, beautiful woman. And, um, I was so thankful when I drive your truck came to us for, uh, for Lee Bryce and, and, uh, you know, it, it not only changed my life and, and, um, uh, Matt McClure's life, who's a co-producer on it. Um, and Jesse's life and Connie Harrington and Jimmy Yuri, who are the other writers. Um, but it's also really affected, a lot of soldiers and a lot of families and, and, um, um, it's, you know, my wife and I, Kelly Pickler, uh, you know, we do a lot of USO tours and, um, we've been able to sing that song, um, to uh, just thousands of troops and, um, it's affected them in such an amazing way. And, and we're so very thankful for that song and, and, um, it's a beautiful song and she's going to, she's definitely going to sing that one. I know mm -hmm. she will. Yeah. Um, we talked about she, it. I've heard her singing before, and it's whoo. Have you wow. ever heard it with the symphony? Yes, I have, and it is powerful. That is powerful. Well, it's yeah. just such an amazing spin on how to deal with grief, you know, yes. because we all have it, and we all, like, this life is beautiful, but that's the beauty of songwriters, and that's the beauty of songs is it gives us tools to deal with our feelings. And so we are also thankful, Kyle, for y'all's gifts, and it is going to be such a treat to see this show. I cannot believe I get to MC it and experience something this magical. So everybody, this Friday, get yourself there. You will not want to miss it. Go to cheekwood.org and you can buy the tickets. And it's called Songwriters Under the Stars. It's going to be a fun night. Okay, Kyle Jacobs, you're the best. 
And don't forget to check him out on I Love Kelly Pickler. The, it's oh, premiering yeah. on CMT. Check you out on I, I Love Kelly Pickler. Heck yeah. We have all <laughs> yeah, sorts girl. of fun. It's on right now. So that's you're just you got all sorts of stuff happening. Well, I'm, I'm trying hard. <laughs> okay, we'll see y'all this Friday. Kyle Jacobs. See you. This is pretty exciting for me because this is my <laughs> second time to get to interview you for my podcast. I'm doing a pop-up podcast right now. Yeah. Highlighting you, Jesse Alexander, and Kyle Jacobs because y'all are playing this incredible show at the Cheekwood Rose Garden. Yes. This Friday. And it's going to be epic. But so I just get to chat with you a little bit. Talk about songs. It's fun. Talk about what this night's going to be like. Talk about you. But that's you. how we know each other because we're songwriters together. We've been writing together for years. Marcus, I have known you for quite some time. I you know. have you have seen me grow up in this industry. I know. I know. And, and we've all, all grown, grown up. <laughs> I've known you at least 10 years. Yeah, I know it. I know it. I've been, and I've had the pleasure of working with you on different projects. It's been great. So it's only fitting that we should talk about this because this is with the symphony. Okay, so Jesse was kind of talking about this a little bit yeah. earlier today. The symphony is backing this event? That's correct. Talk yes. to me about that. Okay, so I'm part of a company called Music City Hitmakers, and what we do is a bunch of songwriters who've been fortunate enough to have some hits, right? Yeah, like, okay, and let's talk about your hits. God Bless the Broken Road. Bless the Broken Road. Song of the Year, Grammy, yeah. Rascal Flats, yeah, also yeah, Dixie yeah. Chicks, Ready to Run. Cowboy. Take Cowboy, me Take Me Away, my theme song. Born to Fly. Born, Born to Fly for Sarah Evans. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You've written, you wrote Cheap Seats, too. Yeah. Which is one of Not my many. favorite I'm glad, songs. I'm, I like that you know what Cheap Seats is. Oh. Because you, you get 20 years removed, and you start thinking, oh, my God, does anybody even know these songs? <laughs> <laughs> Truly, I guess because music. Well, more than 20 for Cheap Seats. Cheap Seats was like. Gosh, that was like early 90s, I think. You've been doing music a long time. Your story is yeah. amazing. We're going to have to touch old. on your story I'm a little old. bit. old. No, you're I'm not. I'm older. <laughs> yeah, wiser, older. You're seasoned. I'm seasoned, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> you're seasoned. Okay, so okay. tell me about this, this, this event. Okay, so for the way, uh, well, let me go back a little bit. So I was playing a gig at the Country Music Hall of Fame, and I was playing with Brett James, and I met his uh, cousin, a guy named... Uh, Chuck and Brett James, Chuck tell us Dixon. a little bit about him. He's well, Brett. I mean, Brett is one of the most successful writers in the history of country music. Is who Brett is. He's also a great singer, and he's a he's a great guy. He's a knucklehead. I really love him. <laughs> and uh, he even has a plane, and that's really weird he for a songwriter. He has a plane. And I've you gone know to a couple. You have I've arrived. Gone to a, yeah, he's more than arrived, <laughs> and Brett is more than arrived. But <laughs> Brett is a. He's also you know, but Brett is also kind of visionary in in that he wanted to expand ideas about what songwriting is, you know, and what and what is possible. So his cousin is Chuck Dixon. So Chuck is, Charles is one of the... Chuck is the same person as Charles? Yeah, we Why call him Chuck. Why does Chuck always go Chuck Charles? Well, Chuck we've Charles. got a Charlie, a Charles, and a Chuck, and I'm going to tell you about Charlie later because yeah, Charlie's Chuck and really Charles important. Chuck and Charles are the same person. Chuck and Charles are the same person. Okay, Dixon. so you're throwing me off already. Okay, so let's just go with Chuck because <laughs> that's simpler. Than, it's easier to think about Chuck and then Charlie. I'll tell you about Charlie later because okay. Charlie's very important. Okay. But Chuck um, is uh, himself in the, a violinist in the symphony, and he's a brilliant uh, musician. So they had got this idea some time ago that, you know, one of the oldest traditions in Nashville is sort of the, the round. The, like the Bluebird is the most sort of the, the preeminent example of that, right? And we know that from the show Nashville and all that. But we've, uh, those of us who played the Bluebird, yourself included, you know, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a deep tradition. And what it is, of course, is, is we, the, a lot of times people don't really know who the, 
the writers are behind the songs. They, of course, they know the artists. Right. And for us, the songwriters, it's actually kind of beautiful if they don't know who we are because it means it means that the artist has so taken over the song. People go like, well, like, you know, what do you mean somebody wrote Cowboy Take? I mean, it's obviously the chicks. In this case, actually, Marty's the co-writer, so they really do have ownership. But it's very... It's a it's a commonplace occurrence for people who listen to songs. They have no idea who the writer when, is. Before I moved to Nashville, I had no idea that songs were birthed by other people than the artists. I just thought they magically exactly. appeared. That's it. So the magic of the Bluebird Cafe, and I'm going to use that even though we're not directly tied to it, is that you come in, people come in from out of town, and they go, oh, my gosh, there's these other people who are involved in the process. And then in many cases, uh, like one of the persons that I'm going to be performing with Friday night is Jesse Alexander. So Jesse, you know, has written some of these really massive, I drive you know, your I drive truck, your truck song the of the year, The Climb, right? Was, she just said it was a 15-week number one on the Hot AC chart. Oh, it's chart. just unbelievable. It's like and on five charts. And then you you may not, you probably don't know, but people out there like... And uh, Kyle Jacobs wrote John More Than Q- Memory, which debuted yeah. at number one. The only song in history to debut at number one. It debuted? I didn't Brooks. even know that. That's, that's actually that's, That actually makes me hate him a little bit, but that's, <laughs> that's okay. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, you don't know these folks. And then just give Jesse as an example. So you'll be out there, and you'll be hearing, and all of a sudden you go, oh, my, oh my God. You know, like, she's, uh, you know, beautiful, but she's got a an amazing voice and then she's a character and she tells the story so what happens of course is people tell the story of the songs and they're like oh my gosh of course there's a genesis to all, to all this stuff so so that's one element but that's an element we're used to here's the new thing okay and this is what chuck and brett were thinking about is that what if we take you know you have like um pops concerts all over the world you know They'll have some singer will come in and they've, you know, or they'll take a Broadway show and they, someone will write some arrangements and it might be a great night, it might not. But that's a common occurrence. Now, if you think about country music songs or songs in the popular, just popular songs as being something that, what if they, what if they were thought of in classical terms? Like, what if they, I, I actually heard somebody once say, a hundred years from now, people will understand the Beatles as being classical music in the 20th century. And when you listen to the chord progressions and like While My Guitar Gently Weeps or Let It Be or Eleanor Rigby, of course, George Martin famously applied classical music ideas to that. And that's the biggest band in the history of music. Right. So what we're doing is we're uh, we're taking we have an arranger. So here's the Charlie part. Here's the other thing. This is it's not only a celebration of songs from Nashville. And what would it be like if you understood them orchestrally, like with a? So y'all are putting an orchestra. That, yeah, it is a it is symphonic uh, underscoring, if you will. But it's more than that because underscoring sort of implies that you're just sort of cl- you know clunking along. And what's really going on is we have an arranger. We have a guy named Charlie Judge. Now Charlie is one of the best orchestral arrangers in this town and that and and this town is not you know i'm like that's a serious thing to say about somebody because this town is talented yeah and he's also a brilliant piano player and he's been a session guy for years but he has this special ability to arrange for a complete orchestra a lot of times when we go out what we do is as a company is we go out and we take three people at a time we have a bunch of us right there's like there's nine or ten this is your publishing no this is this is music city yeah hit makers hit makers so we go to different cities we go to different cities and we fly in and we sit down at art centers with usually chamber orchestras and we bring charts and we bring charlie judge and we bring chuck 
who kind of is sort of like he sort of leads the 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 combo. We bring a combo. We bring Nick Buddha, right? Oh, he's a great Tim drummer. James, we on on bass. We have, um, so we bring a rhythm section. Yeah. So for Wait, the does song, does Nick play bass or drums? No drums. Nick Nick yeah. is Nick's a drummer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the key is for us. It makes it easy for us because all we have to do is like we just have to not forget where we are. <laughs> You know because what I'm saying? there's so much happening. Whenever we do sound checks, we're like, turn the drums and the bass up. Because if we so know... you have your rhythm keeping you in... So we know where we are in the song. But what's going on behind us is this glorious, you know, this beautiful uh, orchestral arrangement that Charlie has written. And, so do um, you all practice just one time? Here's the, here's the beauty of it. We don't practice. You so, just wing it. So like when I... Oh my gosh. So they were telling me about I cannot it. wait to see this on Friday. Right. So I played a show, I say, the Country Music Hall of Fame, and these guys came up to me and they said, hey man, you know, you're, you're a pretty good musician. You want to come do this kind of deal, right? And what's different about me, a little bit different about me than the other folks, is I've been lucky in that I've actually had a chance to work with classical musicians, but I've never worked with an or a full orchestra, a, full, a symphony. I have done. I've worked with the Nashville. I wrote a. I wrote a, a, a. I write some theater on the side, so I got to. I wrote a, an opera. Oh. And uh, and then amazing. I had a guy in town who's a brilliant uh, strings player named Jonathan Yudkin who wrote quintet pieces for it. So I've been lucky. First off, everyone listening, Marcus is talking like he's a genius because he is. So you're not wrong when you're no, thinking, is no, this guy I'm, a genius? I'm, no, I'm seriously. He is a musical I'm, genius. No, I'm kind of a knucklehead, but I. You are not I, a knucklehead. You might I, be. You might be a super fun guy and a knucklehead in that way, but you I'm are definitely not. Definitely. You are a genius. Totally knucklehead, by the, the way. The fact that you're writing all this stuff. Oh, my God. Well, okay. all I'm saying is that I've had the privilege of working through the years. Uh, Andrea Zahn orchestrated a piece of mine that was at TPAC called Francis of Guernica many years ago. I've had a little bit of a taste of this, and I love it. Like, I'm nuts for that. So when they said, hey, how about if Charlie writes charts, um, you go in the studio and you record to a click track, um, you know, the way that you want the arrangements to some of your biggest songs, we will interpret them symphonically or orchestrally and with classical instruments. And then you will come on the road. And the thing is, when we fly in, we don't, yeah, we don't rehearse. What we do is we literally, we come in to the art center. We, we, we and sound. This is, are you talking about Friday? So this will happen Friday as well, but this happens but every time. But y'all are taking this on the road. We've been on the road. We've been doing this for a couple of years. With the orchestra. Well, usually I have never done the absolute, like a full, I haven't done the full orchestra. I've done a number of shows with this company. But for me, I have only done chamber pieces, like 16-piece. But still, believe me, believe me. That's, that's still a lot. Two cellos, two violas, two violas. I mean, like on and on, French horn, uh, you know, uh, harp, you know. It, it's... It's really something when you're playing the songs that you have sung, like you sit down, you get your guitar or your piano, yeah. and you play it, and it's, you know, you're happy. And then you re you, when you do this kind of work, suddenly there's this beautiful, this volume of beautiful music. It's really something that... Hold on one second. There's art. So you guys go everywhere on the road doing this? Yeah, I mean, we go, uh, I don't know, we were in Oklahoma, we were in... You know, we're in Denver. We've been in, I don't know. You know, they just tell me, where are we going? Where, How that's cool where we're going. is this? And, and the fun thing How is How magical like, to hear your songs And you go on now. a bus, like the big bus, like with a... With like a, a Prevost. You know, with the beds that are like tombs? Yes. Yeah, it's oh, a big yes. time. It's really fun. Like a fun. tour bus. Yeah, we get and we'll go in the middle of the night and then we go, we drive all night and then we wake up. We're in another town. It's like the old days, like when I had a record deal. Like, it's crazy. It's fun. Oh, okay. I don't get to do it that much, but when I do it, boy, I love it. How amazing is it, though, to hear your songs 
all of a sudden you wrote these songs, they've been hit, they've been interpreted one way, but now you're hearing them interpreted a whole other way. That's the thing with music that's yeah. so amazing is there's so many ways it can be interpreted. Like the way we hear it on the radio is just one option. But the other thing to think about is that sometimes we don't always think of it this way. We Sometimes we think about the work we do, like a lot of us, we, we weren't, you know, classically trained and this and that. But, you know, music being what it is, every now and then you'll hear a song and you'll realize harmonically and melodically, oh, my God, it's just, it's beautiful. It would have been beautiful 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 100 years from now. And in a way, classical music, the, the ins instruments of a symphony, they, you know, that's like a connection to music that's been around for hundreds of years. You know, so if you're the great composers in, the, in, in history, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to over blow, oversell the whole thing. I'm just saying that, like, if, you're, if you're Jimmy Webb, just give and me an example. And it's at the Rose Garden. We don't have Jimmy. We should have Jimmy Webb. But right. he comes here and he does, he works for the Nashville Symphony in a, in a pop situation. That's because if you listen to Galveston, it's gorgeous. It would have been gorgeous in the 1700s and the 18. I mean, it's just, for all time, it's gorgeous. And when you put all of those beautiful instruments behind it. It you makes it timeless. It's timeless. It's so, timeless. So that's So this is an experience. Experience. It's an experience, and you don't want to miss it because it's a different thing. It's, it's a not, different way of hearing hit songs. Right, and if you maybe you like, a lot of people like pops, and that's cool, you should, but the songwriting community of Nashville is a, is, it's a I think it's kind of a sacred community. It's totally. like It is, identifies us as a, as a culture, and what we have is very, very special. So... Um, those of us songwriters who are involved in it, like we're really lucky, and I hope and I know too that there will be other song songwriters who will join the fold uh, of of this company. And and I'm I, I really I, I really do think it's it's kind of important work because it just it does hold up the community that we're that's so precious to us here. Marcus, I'm, I'm just glad to be part of it. Well, you to me are one of the most magical songwriters in this town. You have such a unique way of writing. Like when you wrote God Bless the Broken Road, that is such a, hearing that song is, that is an experience to hear that song. It's so beautifully crafted. And I feel like you are a wordsmith. Like you are very good with words and melodies. And you put so. them together in this intricate way. Well, Tell I had you. a lot of help. I mean, I had Jeff Hanna. And you're humble. Well, Jeff Hanna and I sat down on that one and, and uh, Bobby Boyd, uh, you know, had inspired me with some ideas uh, one night at a bar, and uh, see, drinking is important. Drinking can be it can be a sort of a, a lubricant, to <laughs> a <laughs> catalyst into great ideas. I wish I hadn't said that word. I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I'm so sorry, Carolina. I don't. Can you can you nip that? Yeah. <laughs> but drinking yeah. can be a catalyst. Well, look, a lot of country songs have come from bars. You know. Yeah. But um, yeah, but Jeff is. Jeff is a great writer, so we, and we, yeah, no, listen, I'm really thankful for that, I'm thankful for a lot of things, I really am, I'm thankful for a lot of things, and, um, you know, when, when you have been lucky enough, and, you know, working hard, not to, not to under, un, you know, but when you have, when you have a few hits, and you're, you're lucky to be a part of this community for a long time, when something like this comes about, like when they offered this opportunity to me, of course, I said yes, I said that would be, that'd be great, because, uh, you know, um, it's just a different way to look at this music and to think about what Nashville is and what the what songwriters have done really worldwide. Yeah. It's a different way to look at it, and people should come out. You should come out. Hey, I'm going to be there emceeing, and I cannot wait. There's so much more to hear about Marcus Hummond. Who's, who's emceeing the event? I'm sorry. Oh, me. <laughs> me. I am. 
How how can people find your music? Where do they go? Uh, I think it's you know I have I'm such I really I'm so bad. <laughs> I have a website. I actually probably MarcusHumman.com. It's MarcusHumman.net uh, or it's MarcusHummanMusic.net. Okay, well go searching on the internet. You can find everything out, Marcus, because we're just barely scratching the surface. And also, I have a full podcast with Marcus on Hyper Caroline Hobby. Go search for yeah, it. Yeah, that was fun. We had fun. We yeah. get into everything, so you're gonna want to check that out. Yeah. You know who you need to interview? Who? You need to interview my son. I would love Levi. to interview Levi. You need to call Levi. I need to have Levi call you because I need I, to interview your whole family, your wife yeah, too. Yeah. Everything, every, your everybody, family. Everybody's interviewing back. So Marcus, oh, because <laughs> she's like CNN's world leader or something. Yeah, she's like a world, world healer. She's our world leader. <laughs> I wish she was our world leader. <laughs> she's like the healer of the world. She started Thistle Farms, which is in Magdalene. Yeah. Just a brief summary about what she did and your son, because Levi Hammond, his son, is the most talented, amazing singer ever. So Levi is an up-and-coming country country pop artist, and he's on Iconic right now, Iconic Records. Um, and he's got a song out called Don't Waste the Night and a new song coming in a little bit. And he's a, he's just he's out with Dan and Shay and Hunter Hayes and all these different folks, and he's, I love he's really doing great stuff. Um, I, I actually get to tour them for the first time, and I haven't toured. I haven't done anything, you know. Well, he debuted at the Opry. He had a <gasps> debut. Were you so proud? I was so proud. I actually was so proud. He invited me to come sing with him, right? Which is, is just. Did you cry? Yeah, that was the thing. Is I totally was not going to. I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to get emotional. You totally and got so emotional. So we did this one song together. He did his way. Don't waste the night. And then he brought me up, and we did it. We have this duet called Make It Love, which is one which of the most really, amazing songs. It was yeah, for a documentary. I really love that song. It's yeah. for a documentary two. Two. It's called yeah. And uh, and he has a he actually has a beautiful recording of it. Um, that he, at some point he's going to put out, which has a couple of surprise things on it, but I'm not going to say what it is. But anyway, I came up, I, I performed with him, and then he said, Dad, I, I want to do Bless the Broken Road, and I wanted you to sing a verse, and I'll sing a verse. And I was like, oh, that's super great, yeah. And so I get there, and he says, he looks at me, we're in, and they have, like, press around him. He goes, um, he goes, you never really had a debut at the Opry, did you? And he didn't mean it in a bad way, but and there were people <laughs> filming me, you know, and you know, like they're EPK people, and I, yeah. and I was like, uh, no, uh, Bobby Braddock and Hal Ketchum once asked me, and I played a show with them one night. So in a sense, I played there. But, but you've never an, had your. No, I didn't have a de- debut like where they have a parking spot for you with your name on it, yeah. which he got. You know, <laughs> and then they give you the placard you take home. And he goes, he goes, uh, yeah. So this is like your debut. And I was like, ah, it was awful. But yeah, so I got up there, and yeah, and I started into the uh, Bless the Broken Road, and I was just saying that you know his mom and I were proud of him, and on blah blah. And I got verklempt. I and I was so you got verklempt. Verklempt. You know, like I couldn't speak. I like, <laughs> you know, like I just went. I just shut down. Really? I shut down. You didn't know that was gonna happen. No, I knew it was gonna happen. I just didn't know that emotionally it was gonna happen. You didn't know you're actually not be able to get words out of your That's mouth. That's right. No, I to- I totally. I was like, I can do this. I play. I play all the time. Yeah, you can talk. This is, what are what, what we're gonna do? You you're know, like, like a great talker. You're I'm really ta- good at explaining things. Well, I don't know, if but I am a talker. Yeah, right. you can. Re- you. I feel like yeah. wor- words don't fail you. Yeah, they did. And I just went, I shut down. It was bad. And I actually saw, I saw a film of it. They filmed it, you know. I was like, oh, jeepers. You know, this is awful. But anyway, he's doing great How work. How wonderful, though, to be standing there with your son in a moment. And it to is be wonderful. so proud. To have that moment together where you're like, this is a, a serious moment in, like, a full circle. You've, you've raised this child. You've loved yep. this child, nurtured this child. And now he's coming into his own. And how wonderful that it's a shared yep. love of music. And now you're on the Opry stage having your debut together. I know. <laughs> And I know you're exactly right. And and you know what makes you the most proud in those situations is that he even what make it's not singing singing together was it, it I always loved singing with 
Levi, you know. Um, I love, you know, all my boys. All our boys are just, they're just fantastic kids. But Levi, you know, is following the music. What made me really proud was that he asked me to play with him because that says a lot about him. Whatever we ended up doing with a song, like, you know, the, that a young man... Would want you know, his dad there. That's right. That's, you know, that and not has just, to and be... And by the way, not just to be there, just but to come up and it. sing with him. That's right, to stand in the light. To like, share the light. That's right. That's a special kid. Man, don't make me cry. I know. We gotta <laughs> you bringing the waterworks. Getting, you're getting, you're oh getting, we're getting glassy out here. Well, I mean, because it's like, that's all you can ask for as a parent. That's what you're hoping yeah. for. Well, that's right. Is that your right. kids want you around and that you've raised them well and that you see them at this moment and then not only seeing them there, but then them wanting to share it with you. Yeah. yeah. That has to just make you feel so happy as it a did. father. It did. You know, a lot of it's his mom. I mean, you know, he's got, he, the, all the boys are, the boys are all, They've got a sweetness to them, you know. They're all like, not, they're, you know, they're guy, they're guy guys. You know, they do all kinds of stuff, but you know, they're they're sweet kids, and they, they their moms that way. So. Okay, we have to wrap up. Okay, because I up. want to talk forever. But just tell me a little bit about your wife, because everyone needs to know about her and her <laughs> causes. What causes is she involved with? Because they're amazing. Okay, so my wife is an Episcopal priest uh, who started a two-year residential program uh, called Magdalene many years ago, twenty some years ago, for a women with history who've been trafficked. Women with the history of uh, prostitution and drug addiction, and this is you know chronic worldwide issue and and uh, uh, sex trafficking and and then uh, she gives them a refuge. Yes, and she jobs. does. And so the issue was jobs. So uh, a, s- a number of years in, we realized it was very difficult for people then to go through this program, which is an amazing program. But you have so many arrests, you can't it's get a job. Magdalene. So Magdalene is the residential program, the social enterprise. So the company, she then she because we're having a problem getting people jobs or helping them to get jobs after they went through this program, she said, "Well, I'm gonna start my own company, by the women, for the women, of the women." So that's a social enterprise. That is a a company where the profits go to the employees themselves to their you know, so that they can have a roof over their head and a car and so that's forth. That's amazing. So that's what a social enterprise is. And now it's the largest of its kind it's in America. It's called Thistle Farms. Thistle Farms. So if you want to look it up, you want to hear the story of this amazing company. And the and goods it's are really incredible. More, and it's really more like a movement. It's it really is not a movement. Even, it is a movement. It's a movement. It, yeah. And the products are actually amazing They are products. amazing products. It's not just like, oh, I want to help support this cause. It's like, no, actually, I love these products, too. Best mosquito spray in the world. And, straight, and by the way, straight out of Rwanda. Really? Because they have, would have good stuff there. They do. They have the thing called, they have they have geranium. We found, anyway, it's a long story. But here's the fun thing is that this company out of Nashville, and it's a really a, an amazing, it's a national story, but it's, an, it's a national story, but it's a Nashville story. But there's another component, and that's called the Share Trade Alliance. They, they joined groups all over the world who are doing like work, social enterprise work all over the world. In, in Tibet, in Rwanda, in Kenya. I mean, um, it's all over the world. And we market their products, different groups that are doing social enterprise work for women all over the world, and they market ours. It's really marvelous. That's amazing. So, Thistlefarms.org. I'm telling you. The we hummin- pitched everything. The hummin- we- well, the Hummins are taking over. Y'all are like the Partridge family of doing good for the world with your music uh, and your talents. Well, <laughs> I don't <laughs> know about me. but <laughs> Oh, are you kidding me? Whatever. Marcus Hummon, thank you so much. Thank you. Everyone, y'all go to Cheekwood.com. Make sure you get tickets for Friday night. They are selling out. There's very few left, and it is going to be the event of the summer. It's going to wrap the summer up. It's going to be a fantastic event. You don't want to miss it. It's not one you want to miss. You do not want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. Okay, get it before the tickets are gone Friday. We'll see you there. Peace. Caroline.
talking, hey, what's on your mind? She's on the inside, she got the scoop on the ones to watch, on the ones that's hot. No one can do it quite like Caroline. 